0: Okey-dokey, welcome back to the program. We're coming to you live from the Sporting Globe down at Darling Harbour, King Street Wharf. It is fantastic. The Afternoons program, all thanks to SBS Fence. Remember, portable, tall and temporary fence hire in Sydney. Check them out online, sbsfence.com.au. A big shout-out to Alex and the crew who have renewed the sponsorship for uh, an extended period. So we love that. We love that. Thank you for that. Coming up very shortly, uh, Sydney Blue Sox team manager. Tony Harris, an extensive CV in the sport of baseball. Uh, and if you've missed something from the first hour, check out the Afternoons with Jimmy Smith podcast. Get it at Spotify, Apple, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Keep the text messages coming in. If you've got a question for Tony, anything related, MLB, baseball, ABL, whatever you want, get us on that open line at 1300-01-1170 or the text line 0457-736-736. Top of the seventh. the Rangers are leading over the Diamondbacks and it's our pleasure to welcome Sydney Blue Sox team manager Tony Harris to the program. How are you, Tony? Fantastic, mate. Thanks for having us.
1: Awesome down here, isn't it? Beautiful day. It's not bad. You guys are all set up and uh, (laughs) we've got the ball game on about seven seven or eight screens here and uh, couldn't be better.
0: I don't want to have a go at our technician who's arguably the best in the business. Unbelievable. But he he has put us right near the Toilet. (laughs) Toilet. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway. got Hey, all right, let's have a look at this World Series. What Mm. do you make of it? The Rangers to win for the first time in franchise history, which would be extraordinary. They lead this game. They lead the Series 3-1. What have you made of it?
1: Mate, it's been, uh, you know, the whole postseason's been amazing, just the the quality of the games and, uh, uh, in particular, this World Series. um, The Diamondbacks just, you know, just won't, won't give up. I mean, they proved yesterday... Down eleven to one, or whatever, yeah, and scored yeah. I think six runs in the in the last couple of innings to make it uh, a reasonable score line. But uh, uh, still, at one nothing, you know, I I'd still expect some some offense or some you know the Diamondbacks to create something later yep. in the game. Um, they're at home, um, you know. Hopefully, they can grind this thing away, and we've got a couple more games in you know, the next few days.
0: As I mentioned, you are the manager of the Sydney Blue Sox. You're a three-time ABL Coach of the Year, but Give the listeners an understanding of your experience involved with Major League Baseball.
1: Well, um, yes, um, 31 years in, in the sport professionally. Yep. So I didn't play professionally, but I had a chance as a, as a player. I played the ABL and played for the national team and did yep. all that. And yep. Back in my day, I'm 62 a couple of days hey, you ago. Look, you look well mate, too, by thanks the way, so I appreciate Tony. that, yeah, no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a facade. <laughs> It's like the Universal Studios always joke, you know, where you look at the the old Western Saloon and you go behind there and there's nothing there. (laughs) Uh, Um, Yeah, so uh, a long-time Dodger uh, coach, my league manager on the field, 15 years, so I was blessed to, uh, out of my playing career, we had then an affiliation, Adelaide Giants um, had an affiliation with Los Angeles Dodgers. and. They grabbed us and said, you know, I was a catcher. I was kind of like the captain of the team and quarterback type mentality. So they said, uh, you know, how would you like a one-year uh, apprenticeship? And um, uh, so I went there, spring training, sort of uh, uh, spent the year there. Went, and went
0: there. Where was spring training? Spring then,
1: training you? was in Dodger Town in Vero Beach in Florida. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, U.S. Doge- uh, Dodger Town. Dodger Town, Vero Beach, Florida. It's famous. Yeah. It's, okay. um Yeah, it was uh, when they moved to from uh, the east coast to the west coast. Yeah. Um, they uh, um, it was then owned by the O'Malley family, uh, Walter and then Peter O'Malley. Um, so we were blessed back in the Dodgers days of having, you know, single family ownership. And, yes. And they had uh, they landed this place in Vera Beach in Florida, which is just down from two hours down to the south of Orlando and an hour, hour north of uh, West Palm Beach. Uh, beautiful place, and they established Dodger Town, um, which was... Our training facility for so many years, and it's now owned by base, uh, MLB. Yeah, they right. run elite programs out of there. But uh, we had that for fifty odd years as, as a training facility. So, so that was my very daunting experience walking in as a non-pro guy that was going to be there for a year. Yeah, one um, one-year contracts later, I was still there. <laughs> so I got a foot in the door and didn't, you know, didn't let uh, let it be. So, uh, and then out of that, um, I really wanted to come home. Had a young family at the time and uh, wanted to come home and spend more time. The higher you get in, in, in minor league baseball or professional yep. baseball, the yep. longer you need to be there and sure. the bigger commitment, the more they pay you, the more they want. So I wanted to back up a little bit and spend more time on this side of the world or back home, which yep. was Adelaide at the time. And uh, um, so I wanted to go into scouting. And scouting was was the chance to uh, yeah live in, in Australia um, from the coaching and managing experience in the States. Um, to then run the Pacific Rim um, areas, which is Japan, Korea, Taiwan, or whatever. Yeah, wow. So I moved to scouting, and I moved clubs, and I, you know, I started with Pittsburgh Pirates and been there 15 years, so yeah, been blessed.
0: So 30 years in total with, mm-hmm. with Major League Baseball or, or one franchise or the other. Uh, Correct. LA Dodgers, my wife's from LA, her mm-hmm. whole family, yep. Dodgers fans, right? Fantastic. Uh, kids have been to the games. Yep. I haven't been to a game yet, but I can't wait. Uh, but the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers, as they once were, uh, a very, very famous franchise. Um, I think in Australia we can't appreciate scale, Mm. scale of sporting teams and what they mean for cities. Can you give us an understanding of the scale of the LA Dodgers and and the players who are absolute gods over there in in the US?
1: Yeah, I mean, you could liken it to NRL, AFL, um, and probably to the 10th power of that. You know, our best NRL, NRL player or AFL player would probably just... You know, um, be nowhere near as popular as one of the starting nine of the, of the Dodgers, yes. um, or one of the you know five starting pitchers, or uh, you know one of the key players like uh, Kershaw, for instance, would not be able to walk down any yeah. street in LA without getting not mobbed, but you know uh, a lot of attention. So um, it's you know they they eat, drink and sleep it. Yep. I mean they just uh, they play 162 games a year, so they're playing yeah. you know like. Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, whatever. These days, they get a lot more days off than when I was in the system. But, uh, you know, good luck to them. It's a, it, it's a long season, yeah. you know, six, seven months, and uh, including spring training, and, you know, there's Instruction League on the back end of it, and then you've got World Series and postseason. So, So it is a lot of baseball played, they play a lot of games, and, um, you know, it just it gets absorbed by the city, you know. Yeah. You anywhere yes. in LA, it's like whatever night it is. If they're on the road, that's great. It's on every TV, like we are here at the Sporting Globe. Yes. Uh, in any sports bar, and if it's not, if they're in town, you know there's four forty five fifty thousand at Dodger Stadium in Chavez Ravine. Yeah,
0: even on a Tuesday night. For on example. a Tuesday yeah. night, and yeah. get a free hot dog, and yeah. that's uh, you know <laughs> that drags them in. So. Ah, very good. Uh, so. Based on that, um, we've had game changes significantly this year in Major League Baseball. One of it is around, and and basically all of it is around, reducing the amount of time it takes to play uh, nine innings each. Uh, And we've seen reductions of about 20, 25 minutes. All the metrics coming out of it, attendance, TV numbers, have improved. What's your thought on it purely from a baseball point of view?
1: Look, a baseball purist lens. Um, Love it. Because... This discussion has been going on for decades, two or three decades. Right. I can remember even playing in the old ABL, our original general manager, the 1.0 version, like in the late 80s, early 90s. It yep. was like, we need to speed the game up. And he was ahead of his time back then, but here we are, you know, 20 odd years later, uh, and we're speeding the game up. I work a lot, I, I cover um, 200 odd major league and minor league baseball games a year. And wow. um, in Japan, this could this is a three and a half hour to sometimes four hour game. Right. But they're happy to sit there and they're there from the first pitch to the last pitch is that right? and even afterwards because they'll then present the winning team on the field and right. he listened to interviews and whatever, just the cultural respect in Japan. But three and a half hours is a, it's a long, you know, yep. and as a pro scout, I'm, I'm there for batting practice at three o'clock too. Right. Yep. So it's 11 hour day. Um, what we've seen here it, it, uh, at, in the States is it's just, it's where society is, yep. you know, it's that microwave mentality and, and uh, it's quickening the game up. Um, you know, the limited pickoffs, the, we see run, the running games come back in it with more stolen bases. Yes, um, we're seeing a little more execution offensively, and the the um, just the not time wasting, but just the dragging in between pitches. Uh, it's a lot more efficient. So I love it, and certainly from a when you're sitting in the stands wanting to see the game and yeah, not yeah, all yeah. the antics. Yes. We love it, you know, from a yes. professional
0: standpoint. So pluses, I think, from the public and also pluses from the industry. It uh, makes it very challenging from a viewing point of view. My wife tells me about <laughs> beer and innings, right? So yes. <laughs> you're under, pressure, you're under pressure now, beer and innings. Yeah, right. <laughs> big, big ones too, milkshake. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. Hey, um, Talon ID. Give us an understanding of what you look for. So, obviously, you know, getting the hits and, and getting the pitches, but is there anything more? Have you ever seen someone and went, maybe the numbers don't tell me the story, but I'm looking at them and there, there's something special about that player? Yeah, look. It's, or is um, it all numbers, baseball?
1: No, no. I mean, again, baseball lands. We have a blend these days of the of the analytical side um, and the, the, the baseball purist or the experienced eye, if you yep. like. So I call it baseball lens and always point to my when I say that. It's yep. like, hey, what we see is baseball, um, experienced baseball or older guys yep. um, and um, uh, versus what the young fellows from Harvard or whatever can see when they yes. come into the meetings with their laptops. Yes. Um, and they're, they're purely looking at screens and they're looking at numbers and we're looking at athleticism. What we do from a scouting standpoint, we're following kids at 13, 14 years of age. Yep. I mean, there's players that have, have signed Curtis Mead this year, you know, uh, with Tampa uh, from Adelaide. I mean, that's a that's a player that we all saw as Australian scouts when he was playing in Little League. Wow. Two-sport kid, played a bit of footy. Um, also, you know, great as a 12-, 13-year-old um, junior player. Um, but athleticism is probably the one thing that we is the basis of everything. We're, we're breaking down the athlete, we're looking at frame, we're looking at movement, we're looking at body movement, yep. how the arm works as a pitcher, arm action, arm speed, um, strength adds, potential future strength adds, can this frame hold another 20, 30 pounds, etc, etc. So we right. go as deep into how they, how they, their gait when they run, you know, how their feet work, how their legs work, is it bow legged, is, you know, is it in line, is it whatever. Depending on, again, if it's a position player or a pitcher, we're looking at different things but starting with the athlete, following yep of those kids as you know as early as 13 14 years of age through the systems and then they're signable at uh, you know out of high school um, as an Australian they're an international free agent so there's no draft involved for our right. players yep so we can sign those kids uh, uh, at 16 and a half years of age
0: Curtis Mead 2 sport kid two sports a benefit or a negative in your mind.
1: I think it it improves the athleticism. Yeah. If I had a son that was going through the you know early teens and he was a decent ball player or whatever I'd push for a cross a cross um, yep. training type or cross the sports just to give him Firstly, team environment teaches you a lot. It teaches you a lot yeah. both from baseball but also in life, as we know. But, yeah. um, you know, anything that's going to improve his athletic movements, um, if he was potentially a ball
0: player, I'd be 100% in on that. Okay, interesting. John Debell, we spoke to, a legend of Australian baseball, yes. a good mate of yours. He good was mate. working with the, the Dodgers at the time when they won the World Series and he talked about how, in America sporting franchises go about things completely differently to Australia. In Australia, we look at the top and then we try to filter down and we, we go from the star players and then down. He said, no, no, in America, the scouting system is so important. We want to get the young kids into the system and let them develop and come through up to the top. Explain that to us and I'd imagine that the only downside for that is significant costs associated Unbelievable with Unbelievable costs and it's yeah. getting
1: less and less uh, as things are getting costier, uh, more costly. Um, yeah, minor league system. I mean, put it down as minor league system and the draft. You know, in the U.S., they have uh, uh, high school sports is huge. Um, college yes. sports yes. are amazing. We, you know, you see the numbers at a college football game, hundred thousand. Yeah. Um, yes. College baseball, massive. Um, so w- it, it's it, and it's less it, and. It, before that, it's grassroots as well. You can go on, on a Tuesday night or a Wednesday night and go down the local street corners, anywhere in Florida or anywhere in where there's decent weather, and there's a four-pack and there's four games going on right. from 5 o'clock till 10 o'clock. Yep. Play, 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 play from you know the early ages. Um, and what we have in the professional system is the minor league system. So we're getting kids out of high school, um, high school draftees, international free agents, like I mentioned before, from yep. 16, 17 years of age, Dominican Republic, the Latin America is very strong. We're yes. getting those and we're building a foundation we call a farm system. Yes. Uh, and that farm system is what we draw from um, as they move up through the levels. And you'll start at rookie ball uh, and then go from rookie A, AA, AAA up to the big leagues. So, and there's, there's, one or two or three versions of um, of say able. So there's a high A, low A, uh, short season, long season. So there's there might be five or six minor league clubs which feed into what we're seeing on the big screen now, a big league club. Yeah. Um, but they're they're starting from 16, 17 years of age, and we get it. We get those players young um, from all over the world, and we teach them not only the basis or or, to hone and improve their skills individually as a player, but also teaching them life skills. Yeah. Because they need to be able to handle lots of adversity. Um, this game's all about, well, we fail seven times out of ten, we hit 300, right? So it's all about failure. Yeah, and, and 300's great. 300's right. a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that's all right. these guys here are hitting anywhere between a buck 90 and 70 2 80 Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a lot of failures. So and it's a day in, day out. The minor leagues are super tough. You're sure. talking about you know 10, 12 hour bus rides. You know, play a game, leave at midnight, bus to the next town. Yeah. Um, on a pretty average bus, and my dad, back when I was doing it, we only had the big one TV thing, and if you didn't like the movie that was put on, we'll hang with them. <laughs> Nowadays, it's a whole lot. You know, iPads and everything else. Sure. So, so it's a bit better. The grind's a bit better now, but it's still a grind. Six, seven months away yeah. from home, the other side of the world. You know, so there's a lot, lot of things to deal with. Um, but But that does feed into only the best will generally get through double A. Double A where you've got a couple more clubs underpinning double A. There's only one double A club, 23-man roster. Only one triple A club, 25-man roster, which feeds into what we're seeing here.
0: Triple A clubs, those players, from what I understand, Get, it, it's actually one of the things coming out of the collective bargaining agreement. They're getting paid a little better because conditions yes. were really tough. Yes. But then you go to Major League Baseball and you're, you're one step away from that. And then it's life-changing. It's generational wealth. Yes. Right? So give us the greatest story you know about someone who came out of that. Or It must be incredible for that athlete to be there, to be so close, to almost be able to touch it. And yet, somehow, they don't get there. So frustrating. I mean, yeah. you,
1: you can imagine that what I earn this month, I can earn a day if I get the call. Wow. Um, that's that's how how life yeah. changing it can be. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about you know an average of the million dollars a year U.S. Um, you know for uh, for for that you know I think seven seventy was the was the um, was the entry level yep. um, minimum, but. You know anywhere between that and a million dollars for a rookie um, he's going to you know paid over five months, six months because that's only being paid for the playing season yep um, versus on um, making 40,000, 30,000 a year in AAA might, might be making 5000 a month, 10,000 a month so and, and obviously there's lots of variables to that.
0: Uh, questions coming in G'day, Jimmy enjoying the show as always. did Tony ever have anything to do with legend Pete Cosma now over here at the heat that's from Braden. Uh, Brayden
1: never had anything to do from a coaching standpoint. Only from the opposition dugout and quality, quality man, quality teammate. From what I, uh, from what I hear from all the Perth boys, um, I'm close to some, some of the older guys that we coached in the national right. team there, and they they love Pete. He's been really, really good for the Heat, um, and I've seen him interact with fans and yep. just do the things that you like those big leaguers to do when they come. To a winner ball uh, environment like Australia, and he's all that um, and some. So, yeah, it's 10 out of 10 from what I see from the other dugout.
0: We've got to get ourselves to a break, Tony. Coming back, we'll talk with some Blue Sox. We've got the ABL season coming up in a couple of weeks. 1-0 it is the Rangers over the Diamondbacks. This is game five. This would be uh, franchise history in the making if they were to win as we bunt. He might get to first base. It's a great throw. He is out. Great. Great player. Safe. There you go. Out safe. Out safe. Out safe. Out safe. (laughs) You know, I love my baseball, Tony. He's (laughs) out. (laughs) Out (laughs) safe. So top of the eighth, still the Rangers 1-0 over the Diamondbacks. We'll take a break, and then we're back with more. All righty. Welcome back. Sporting Globe is the venue for the Afternoons program. It is fantastic here. There's beers, there's chips, there's wings. Well, there were wings. There you go. And there's Tony Harris too, the Blue Sox team manager from the ABL. What's coming up? We've got games in two weeks' time. Is is the Blue Sox ready for this season? Absolutely.
1: 1,000%. Right. 1,000%. We actually play uh, exhibition games in Canberra this weekend. Okay. Saturday, two games. And then we have on the 11th uh, two games out of Blacktown. Okay. Uh, Lead-up games uh, back, back at home. So we... Uh, yeah, we've, we've worked really hard in, firstly, ownership uh, this year, super supportive. Yes. Um, and uh, ownership and management have just been, you know, a, a, a thousand percent in bringing a better product back to Sydney baseball. Also, yep. also helping Sydney baseball grow and develop so that we become... We really want to raise the bar. Yeah, we want to raise the bar in everything that we do, both on and off the field, for for Sydney baseball. Um, so we become super attractive yep. uh, to the local guys that want to come back and play. And handle, yep. you know, we're the pinnacle. We're we're that that club that you want to be and play for. Um, and this year's, uh, you know, will be the the starting point of that. But I believe the way that we build our roster out and the players that we come in, we're going to we're going to give it a shake. Um, now, are we a championship? you know, winning ball club this year, I, I hope so, um, you don't know what everyone else has. Sure. So I'd be a fool to say, oh, we've got the best roster. Because, I, no, I haven't seen I haven't any seen other it. roster yep. yet. Yep. Um, I know that what we have is going to be super competitive. We're going to have very good pitching. Uh, we're going to play very good defense. And we're going to be in every game.
0: Okay. Where Where is the ABL at with their standard of play in with your great history in the game, where, where do you think we're best ever? Or is it what would you say? I'd,
1: I'd have to say it's up there with the best ever. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it's and, and it's relative to the amount of imports that we have. Sure. You know, um, each club now. You know, back in the 1.0 version, it was a limit of four imports per team, and a lot of Australian content. Um, now it's probably more in the vicinity of 10, 11 imports per. So on a 22-man roster, that's half your club is imports. Um, and there's a point system you've got to be under so many points or sure. and whatever and, and that can, that's workable but um, it's certainly the uh, the best quality of players um, that uh, that we would see this year um, yep. yeah historically um, Australian guys are getting better they're playing against better players so our, our local guys get a chance to develop yep. and um, and we've got some you know really, really you know good players from all over the world that are coming to play.
0: Lots of listeners intrigued by what you're saying. They want to ask you some questions, uh-huh. Tony. So uh, this one from Trev. Is Grant Balfour the best ever Aussie export? We, we, we worked out there were 37 Australians who have played in Major League Baseball. Correct, yeah. Out of the hundreds that have been signed and all yes. us
1: guys that signed these yeah, yeah, <laughs> young yeah. fellas, um, yeah, there's been a lot of players, 37, have made it to the pinnacle, which is, you know, testament to those 37, but yeah. also how hard it is to get through the, you know, through the levels and through the ranks. Uh, in answer to the question, I love seeing Balf out there. Yes. You know, I'm not that super emotional guy when I've played or managed, um, but having a guy out there that shows that emotion, shows that desire, and I call it a compete trait. Yes. That, that trait of just, you got no chance against me, um... I would probably have to say yes. Right. Um, That being said, Graham Lloyd, World Series. Won a World uh, Series, yeah. That's pretty hard to beat as well as a pitcher. Position player.
0: You'd probably have to go to David Nilsson. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Dave Nilsson. He spent how many years in MLB? Was it shy of a decade? Was yeah. it shy? Yeah. Didn't quite get
1: there because it was that 2000 Olympic uh, year that he decided. I think it was around then when he decided to go to Japan and play to be available. Right. Because uh, big league players weren't allowed to play for the national team.
0: Yeah. Okay. So might have cut him short over a few years. Speaking of Japan. Hey, Jimmy, can you please ask Tony his thoughts on Shohei Ohtani? Thanks, Gary.
1: (laughs) Like this guy. Gary. Gary, what a, yeah. Oh, I mean, what can you say? I saw Ohtani as a high school player playing in Hanshin. uh, Oh, really? Osaka, yeah, their, uh, their high school tournament. And he would play left field and go four for four and hit whatever he hit. Uh, then he'd come in and close and throw 100 mile an hour or 95 mile an hour. So you knew he was always going to be a freak. What I love about him is he's still got his feet on the ground. Yep. And, you know, that's the Japanese culture that they're yes. very humble, um, very super respectful to the game and his teammates and everything I hear about him as an individual. I mean, we scouted we scouted this guy heavily. Everybody did, sure. you know, because sure. we all wanted him. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but... Um, uh, on and off the field, just the ultra professional. And then he gets a chance, to, you're getting a two for one in, in terms of, you know, what he can do offensively and also what he can do with, you know, on yeah. the mound, You're getting the price of two for one. So, um, an amazing and yes, probably the
0: best ever. And I want to ask about the World Baseball Classic which was sort of like the World Championships or the World Cup of Baseball. And this is what the really... We're watching the World Series now, and there's probably 10 or 12 million Americans that are watching it as well. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure the final, Japan v. the United States, there was near enough to 80 million people worldwide yes. watching that event. Do you wow. think that's a great opportunity for baseball, which seems to be we're focused in America, but there is... It's such a popular sport globally. There's opportunity for
1: it. 100%. It, I mean, it sells the game globally, like you say. Um, puts baseball really on the map. But yep. the thing about the Classic, and it's starting to creep into it. pro ball's day-in, day-out workload. You know, I'm going yes. to the office. You know, it's not the office, but it's the field. But sure. it's kind of like, hey, do you know, we, we lost last night, but i got to click on for the next day. Classic, there's emotion. Yeah. And the emotion you see—the Puerto Rican guys all dyeing their hair—you know the Dominican guys wanting to, you know, want to want to beat Venezuela, you know, U.S., Canada, or Australia. I mean, it's they it it used to well 10, 15 years ago. It was kind of like you couldn't get your best players to the. It was really just NBL that had the dream team. Yeah. In the early Olympics. Yes. And then MLB opened that up, you know, for Olympic players, 40-man guys, uh, the big leaguers can play, and now the Classic. It's all about, you know, the best players in the world playing. So that's probably the change over the last decade or so, and it really is the pinnacle of our sport put on the world map.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Tony, great to spend some time with you. Thank you for coming down to the Sporting Globe. All the very best with the Blue Sox. Get stuck into them for the ABL. Starts in a couple of weeks' time. Why don't you check it out, theabl.com.au, the ABL dot com au for all the latest information around the ABL season thank you Tony, really appreciate
1: fantastic. it fantastic, great to be here, thank uh, you
0: Tony Harris, our special guest, uh, the team manager of the Sydney Blue Sox alright, let's get our, oh sorry Tony stay there, I have to can you put Tony back on, I'm sorry Willow from Windsor, but really <laughs> enjoying the chat with Tony Harris, which brings me to what is your Tony, favourite baseball movie of all time, I can't go past Field of Dreams, if you build it, they will come. Yeah, I'm with him all the way. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean... The sentiment behind that, yeah, kind
1: of. I've got goosebumps right now. Yeah, you can't see them. I've got a long sleeve shirt on. But yeah, it's yeah, the, just the whole sentiment behind yeah. the Field of Dreams. There. And it's great that they've still they still have the the actual site and the field um, that is is manicured. Um, they play games there. We've had a big league game out there. Yeah, a, you know, exhibition game. And uh, yeah, just that whole father and son connection. And kind That's of, right. I'm, I'm not going to, you're going to get me emotional. <laughs> it,
0: it, it wasn't to see Shoeless Joe Jackson, was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't to see Shoeless. He wanted to play to catch. See, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. You wanted, wanted to play, play catch with that. Bloody hell, you got, look at that. Hey. You got, I have got the uh, short sleeve shirt on hey. and you, you yeah. got me going. Yeah. That is great, Tony. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Fantastic. Tony Harris there, your special guest. He is the Blue Sox team manager. So there you go. Field of Dreams, Willow from Windsor. I think you've got overwhelming support for that one. You might want to tell us 0457 736 736. We're late for the news. We know that. And after that, we're back with Afternoons Amplified with Coach Key.